0: morning. Um, I want to say hello this morning to our special guests. I want to make a shout out to those people who are at home. Um, I hope to see you soon. Here we're talking about this morning waiting because I decided to choose the psalm rather than the other readings because it was short and I thought maybe I could handle it. But it was a wonderful discovery doing this psalm, it's a beautiful little psalm. It's about waiting and hoping. I think Shirley and Noé know a lot about waiting and longing. (laughs) And it's brief, but it tells us so much. It's very personal and yet it was sung by all those people who walked up every year together communally to, um, it was one of the Psalms of Ascent when they went up to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. So this Sunday is our last Sunday before the arrival of our new pastor, who we've been waiting and hoping for, for a long time. And I think it's absolutely right that we rejoice in his arrival. And at the same time, I think it's appropriate that we take a moment to thank God for the last year and a half that he's brought us through so let's just pray this morning thank you lord so much for being our shepherd our pastor for having brought us this far there could be elements that in the beginning that was very trying for us but we thank you that you've brought us up till now and that you have brought a pastor to us we pray that he might Flourish in his, we might enjoy his gifts and he and Katrina might be blessed by us. And I pray that this morning you will, your spirit will use my words to bless this body in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. All of us have our times of trial. It's kind of obvious. So that's where our psalm begins. And it appears to me that the psalmist remains in the trial all the way to the end. But we notice a big change as we proceed through the psalm, as his perspective changes. So section one, okay, already there. He starts in the pit and he ends exultant what happened to change his emotion so drastically now i hope i won't appear irreverent by saying that this psalm kind of makes me think of the nike swoosh (laughs) it starts low and then it moves up except that in the psalm unlike the swoosh The end is more important than the beginning. As you see from this graphic representation, I see the psalm breaking into four natural units. And the colors? Well, the green for me, uh, no, we'll start with the purple. The purple represents what's difficult. And the green, is hope the green is what gives us hope so if you speak french or spanish that's a given but if you speak english maybe that's not given so i'm telling it to you okay in fact in his wonderful little book psalms of ascent a long obedience in the same direction eugene peterson titles his psalm hope But the psalmist touches on a variety of other emotions too. Depression, maybe even despair, longing, awareness of unworthiness and sin. So where does the hope come in? This question is key. It all has to do with thinking about who God is. That changes everything, but it starts in the hard place. So, out of the depths, I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. Peterson paraphrases this first line, Help me, God, the bottom has fallen out of my life. The second section is where everything pivots. Why? Because the psalmist changes his perspective, no longer thinking about his own situation, but about God's angle and God's character. But with you. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness, so that we with reverence serve you, can serve you. Uh, It's so that we might fear you, which of course is the same word as worship you. And so here NIV has given us kind of a long thing, but you get the idea. So I love this little section because at the same time the psalmist sees god humanity in general and himself in particular if you kept a record means you don't keep a record even though you have good reason to keep one who could stand who could ever survive is another way it's been translated is rhetorical And means no one could survive. And I know I would not survive because I know I have offended you. Now in the second half of this section, verse four, he explains his hope. But with you, there is forgiveness so that we might fear you. For the psalmist, Maybe this idea of forgiveness was vague, but it has become so clear for us in Jesus. His incarnation, his faithful life, his death on the cross, and his resurrection all mean that for us, there is forgiveness. God forgives. So we have the privilege of being in close, Intimate relationship with him, of serving him. Wow. Peterson paraphrases, forgiveness is your habit, and that's why you are worshipped. So what does that do to us? We can enter into his presence, and how does that affect how we see the people we live with? if we are in forgiveness with god there is forgiveness that's the attitude we need to have around us but it's not automatic we have to want it we have to ask for it and we have to realize we need it section three longing i have to say As I was thinking of this section, I always thought about Shirley and Reynolds. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits and in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman, Wait for the morning. More than the watchman, wait for the morning. This section feels like the climax of this psalm, the point. And it's an adverbial phrase that I remember. More than the watchman, wait for the morning. I wait for the Lord. My s- whole soul, being, waits. And in his word, I put my hope. So why do I remember more than the watchman wait for the morning? Because he repeats it. It's a very simple, poetic technique, but it works. And what does that mean, more than the watchman wait for the morning? Now, I've never been a watchman. So I don't have firsthand experience, but I understand that the reference to a century means that the waiting includes vigilance and watching, not just putting in time. It's not just, when we are waiting for God, we are awake, alert both to dangers but also to signs that God may be sending us. Other translations have used the English words, longing and yearning for this section. And I've got to tell you, there was a time in my life when I collected synonyms, like people collect marbles for this word. I was all excited, I found in Spanish and in Portuguese, saudade, and which are all this longing. And it's in French, I couldn't find anything. It was désiré but there's the idea of you know, it's a long thing. There have been, uh, okay, in this, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Maybe it feels bad because when you're in it, you don't have what you desire. And sometimes longing hurts, but it's a profound part of being human. Some of my most precious times with God have come in those extended times of waiting and longing. Another word we use in English to talk about intense desire for something we don't have is craving. But these two words, longing and craving, are not at all the same. In fact, I'd say they're almost opposites in a way. They have very different effects on our state of mind and our actions. We often speak of craving when there is addiction, when we feel controlled by something outside of us nicotine, alcohol, sugar, or even compulsions from within to gamble, to binge watch, to follow social media, etc. These drive us to do what we know is not good for us and which in the end never satisfies. We feel as though we can't wait, but that's a lie because cravings pass when resisted. That's what the spiritual disciplines are all about, no? Fasting, Sabbath that breaks our craziness, among other things. Our culture can easily stir, stir up a state of craving, but it can, it, but with grace and effort, we can break that hold. So we must resist the craving, flee from contemplating the object of our craving, Longing, on the other hand, is totally different. We are longing for God and for relationship. As we resist the distraction of the craving, we can open ourselves up to the longing, to feeling that unfulfilled desire, that God is drawing us to himself. We long for our children to have a living relationship with God. And facing the reality that they don't can be scary and it can hurt. But God calls us to long, to pray, to watch, and to hope. Hoping for something includes awareness that it isn't there yet. Now our last section which is totally focused on God and ends with a call from the psalmist to his people to hope in the Lord. Earlier we affirmed that with God there is forgiveness. Even though we are unfaithful we can go to him and he will make the relationship right by forgiving us. In this section he gives us two more important aspects to God's character that make it possible to hope in the Lord. First of all, with the Lord is chesed, that's the Hebrew word, which is translated in many ways. Here in the NIV, we have unfailing love, but we also have ESV, steadfast love, or NET, loyal love or King James, loving kindness, or faithful love. But in this verse, and the King James in this verse uses the word mercy. My French translations each opt for a different word, bonté, grâce, and fidelity. All of those ideas are included in chesed. Hasid is the faithful love of the long haul that ideally characterizes our marriages. It's not the sweet, heady feeling of romance. It's what tears you from sleep when a baby cries out in the night. It's what keeps you loving a rebellious adolescent. It's what gives you the strength to care for a life partner who can no longer meet your needs. Or maybe an aging parent who doesn't know who you are anymore. That's chesed, and that's what God demonstrates to us. A second important thing that this section tells us about God is that his chesed spills into full redemption. In the ESV they said plentiful redemption. If the psalmist is still in the pit of the first section, he now has confidence that not only is deliverance on the horizon, but God himself will redeem Israel from all their sins what must it have been like for the disciples as they revisited this psalm they knew by heart in the months after the resurrection they realized that the call to israel to hope in the lord was now a call to the whole world that the hesed and the full redemption of the lord had been lived out in jesus Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption, Jesus. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins, Jesus. So maybe, no, back, one slide back, sorry. Um, Maybe it's worth looking at this and thinking about where am I in this song? What characterizes me this morning? Me and us. Now all these stages are totally legitimate. There's not a bad stage here. You may be in the trial. You may be realizing God's forgiveness for you and beginning to experience forgiveness for those around you. You may be longing for God, longing for some good thing. You may be, in the last stage, realizing God's faithful love and his redemption and wanting to share it with others hope in the lord okay now we can have our last slide we still long for the dawn no matter where we are we live in a world crippled by selfishness that teaches us to crave rather than to long yet god delights in showing his faithful love to us and even showing it to those around us, through us. Lord, help us to contemplate how wonderful you are so that we may receive your regenerating forgiveness that helps us forgive others and fills us with hope. Give us the courage to resist the craving. And open ourselves to the longing for you and your world until the morning. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
1: Thank you, Lord, for uh, these precious words that come from you through Cynthia's mouth. Thank you, Lord, for uh, this message that combines our longing with the hope that comes from you. And Lord, we've been longing indeed for many things. We're longing here in Montreal in in the Canadian winter of of late January for uh, for some warmth and uh, we're longing for our pastor and uh, we're coming close to that we're longing for so many things in our lives lord you know those longings i pray that you may fill us lord first of all that that the greatest our greatest longing through all these would be the longing to be indeed with you and in you To hear from you and to walk with you. And that the hope that comes because this is not just a craving, but a longing, the hope that you bring to us is the hope that we look for in our worldly, in the day to day aspects of our lives, but also, Lord, the hope in our life with you and in eternity with you. Thank you for this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Um, at this point, um, if, um, I would like to invite you as um, God's people to respond to hearing his word through voice prayers of adoration, thanksgiving, supplication. If you like to pray uh, during this time, um, and uh, and you're on Zoom, then simply unmute yourself and then mute yourself afterwards. If you pray from here, please do it loudly for the sake of those who are on Zoom.